Welcome everyone to another episode of the Bleed Hockey Podcast. It's been about a week since the last one. Uh, conference finals, at least for the Western uh, side of things, are com- have come and gone. And uh, we still wait for the end to the Lightning versus the New York Rangers. Uh, not New York Rangers, New York Islanders. My apologies. That game will be tomorrow. Uh, actually, no. Technically, it's today from uh, how, whenever you're listening to this uh, on September 15th on a Tuesday. Uh, be Wednesday, 3 a.m. my time is when that will happen. Uh, Tampa Bay leads that series 3-1, which we'll come back to that uh, toward the end of the show. Um, but just to give you an update real quick. Um, and spoiler as to who won the western side of things i'm not going to say talk about that right now we're going to talk about that toward the end um as the title kind of gave it away there um without further ado we have some news to get into first and then we can talk about uh the uh playoffs right now uh later uh we'll go first into the signings here uh penguins have re-signed defenseman yuso ricola to a two-year extension or well it's not an extension because it's it's just a new contract but he's staying with the Penguins Uh, deal runs through the 2021-2022 season and uh, has an AAV of 1.15 mil not a bad deal uh, especially since you know he's a pretty solid defenseman and they actually kind of need to work on their defense core cough cough get rid of Jack Johnson cough cough Um, but yeah, good to see Ricola staying with the Penguins. Uh, Edmonton Oilers signing forward Adam Cracknell uh, to a one-year, two-way contract. Uh, spent the last season with the Coonlin Red Star uh, out in the KHL. Uh, in 52 games, recorded 10 goals, 14 assists. So, I mean, not too bad. Uh, he's uh, typically a bottom six guy or like a maybe barely cracked third line, but typically a fourth line guy, a very dependable guy. Um and uh, hopefully he can do some uh, good things for the Oilers. Um, St. Louis Blues re- uh, re-signed Jacob De La Rose to one-year $700,000 contract. Uh, I don't foresee him staying with the, the Blues for that entire contract. Um, but we'll see how that goes. Uh, New Jersey Devils have named Mark Ricky as the new assistant coach to Lindy Ruff. Uh part of the Devils is a coaching staff and uh, Raichi former of the the Pittsburgh Penguins uh, as a couple of uh, changes have been made to their uh, coaching core Uh, Edmonton Oilers and goaltender Robin Leonard quote unquote apparently agreed to terms on a five-year $25 million contract extension, which would be an AAV of $5 mil, uh, per sources of uh, David Pagnotta at the fourth period. Um, but uh, regardless if however reputable that might be, because um, you know that rumor's been swirling around and Leonard has since denied those claims, um, even though apparently the deal was agreed upon back in June uh, prior to the return to play but um, 
yeah, nothing's set in stone until it's signed on a dotted line. And since apparently it has not even been signed and Leonard is denying these claims, we'll uh, have to wait and see uh, about that. And we'll also talk about the whole uh, drama and net for the uh, Golden Knights once we get toward the end of the show as well. Uh, trades for you. Pittsburgh Penguins traded Nick Beachdad to the Minnesota Wild for a conditional seventh round pick in 2021. Um, and that stipulation being um, off of how many games uh, Nick Beachdad uh, plays for the Wild. And the uh, Penguins also retain some salary in that trade as well. Uh, Montreal Canadiens have acquired their rights, not, you know, which is also kind of a bold strategy. Cotton Bose has one plays out for him. Uh, acquiring the rights to uh, 2019 Stanley Cup champion Joel Edmondson from the Carolina Hurricanes in exchange for a 2025th round pick. So basically, the Canadians might have might as well have just gave away a pick just to give away a pick because he is an unrestricted free agent on October 9th. So on the plus side, he gets to potentially join his uh, fellow 2019 Stanley Cup champion St. Louis Blue teammate um jake allen as he just recently got traded from the blues to the canadians for uh, a pick or two um but uh yeah well, well, it's, it, i just find it kind of interesting that they trade just not even a conditional it's like straight up hey here's a fifth round pick and he in turn we get the chance to sign joel edmondson to an ex- extension or a new contract, not um, just him flat out, but we'll see how that goes um, as entry uh, as the free agency comes uh, soon. Uh, as the yeah, and I want to say we got one, two, about twenty-one, twenty-two, like about twenty-four days until. Uh, free agency um which uh shit's gonna hit the fan real quick on that but we uh have some storylines that we are uh, watching closely to see uh what plays out there um before we get to other news we also have some award winners that have been announced uh the king clancy uh matt dumba winning that one uh lady bing goes to nathan mckinnon the selkie goes to sean couturier jack adams uh for Best coach goes to Bruce Cassidy of the Boston Bruins. Uh, Jim Gregory Award. Best uh, general manager goes to Lee Lamorello of the uh, New York Islanders. And the Mark Messier uh, Leadership Award goes to Mark Giordano. So congratulations to all those winners. And we'll recap that once uh, all the every single award gets their um, gets their uh, winner announced. Another uh, news. Uh, the Calgary Flames have officially removed the interim tag off of Jeff Ward, uh, as and now he is considered the 20th head coach in the Flames' history. Uh, so congratulations to Jeff Ward. Uh, the Hurricanes have signed a three-year affiliation agreement with the Chicago Wolves of the American Hockey League, uh, as they seem to be hot, playing hot potato uh, with, or not even, they're not playing hot potato, but the NHL teams are playing hot potato with who they're affiliated with because for the longest time they were the Blues' affiliate and then when the Golden Knights came in they were their affiliate and now they have their n- new own affiliate in Henderson, Nevada now and 
I guess something fell out with, um, well, actually ties into uh, the Charlotte Checkers, former AHL team of the uh, Hurricanes, which kind of just doesn't make sense because the Checkers are like right by where the Flames, well, not the Flames, the Cana- uh, Hurricanes play. So uh, you'd think that they'd want to keep that relationship, but uh, things happen. Um, which also, as I mentioned, the Blues, since they got their team taken away from them again by the Vegas Golden Knights, they had to go find another AHL team, and that AHL team is the Springfield Thunderbirds. And you might ask yourself, well, whose team was that beforehand? Uh, actually, it was the Florida Panthers. So the Florida Panthers were now without an AHL team. So uh, now they have a multi-year uh, affiliation agreement with the Charlotte Checkers. <laughs> So, um, yay. Um, uh, was playing hot potato in the American Hockey League. Um, quite interesting. Um, Washington Capitals with the coaching issues. Well, not really issues, but the vacancy. Um, since they relieved Todd Reardon, uh, who has since moved to the Pittsburgh Penguins, uh, part of the coaching core there since they like to shake things up, um, which I found interesting on the last episode of this podcast. Um, So, yeah. So since that vacancy was open, they apparently, Pierre Lebrun, uh, the Capitals interviewed Gerard Gallant, Peter Laviolette and Mike Babcock for the head coaching job there out in Washington. However, um, I was about, since I've been kind of sitting on that news, I didn't have the whole like, oh, I wonder who's going to be. I mean, I kind of had this whole spiel in back of my head where I'm like, yeah, well, Babs wasn't going to really, I wouldn't see him really fitting there well. Uh, Gerard Gallant, you know, he, he could be good, but if I, if I was going to pick anyone out of those three to, um, coach the Capitals um, or at least try to uh, turn them around and even though a lot of people are thinking that their window is shut um, what guy could really be like oh well you think that the window is shut but I'm just going to put my foot right into the the door uh, so it doesn't close all the way Um, to do that I'd say Peter Laviolette and apparently the Washington Capitals kind of read my mind because they apparently agreed to terms to a three-year contract with Peter Laviolette to become their new head coach. So there you go, Lavs. There you go. Um, now I hope uh, Gallant finds a new home. Babs, you know, um, yeah, it's Babs. So, um, yeah, I don't know about Babs, but yeah, George Gallant, I hope you find a home soon. And um, if this news is actually concrete, which seems to be. Uh, congrats to LaViolette for uh, going to the Capitals. Uh, the NHL has set official dates for the 2020 entry draft and the free agency. Uh, so the draft will be held virtually over two days. Uh, round one will be taking place at 7 p.m. Eastern time, or as I'm going to say in Central, 6 p.m. Eastern uh, Central time on October 6th. Rounds two through seven will begin at 10:30 a.m. Central Time on October 7th. Free agency opens up at 11 a.m. Central Time 
on October 9th. And that's when all hell breaks loose. And that's when I'm going to have multiple episodes taped and just have to release sequentially. Um, Because I'm not going to want to parade, you know, uh, my distributor, Anchor, uh, proud sponsor of this wonderful podcast, um, with a whole bunch of episodes on the same day. So it's going to have to space those out. But yeah, um, which speaking of free agency, the Alex Petrangelo saga continues. Uh, Pierre, Pierre Lebrun of The Athletic uh, getting some uh, sound bites from uh, Alex Petrangelo on uh, what how it's looking for the contract situation um, <clears throat> with the St. Louis Blues and himself. Uh, he's saying it's being a little bit disappointed, a little bit disappointing uh, that we haven't been able to get a deal done, obviously, but this is the situation that we're in. We're over three weeks away from October 9th. Uh, there hasn't been a whole lot of discussion where things are at. We'll see if things pick up here shortly. Uh, there hasn't been much in terms of progress, but at the same time, I guess anything can happen over the next couple of weeks when it comes down to crunch time, when a free agent starts to look down, knowing October 9th is just a couple of weeks away. Uh, he's been in the business a long time. He's been around, seen a lot of different things. I think you have to be willing to accept the fact that there may be a change one day. Whether it happens or not, it certainly changes your mindset and makes things a little easier if you ever get to that point um which is kind of a shame to uh, think that uh we're having such a hard time trying to sign uh Petrangelo um which it kind of sounds like it's just uh Doug Armstrong just being kind of a little uh, stingy with the pocketbook but I guarantee you that you know if this COVID thing never kicked off There'd be probably no doubt in my mind he'd either be signed by now or, you know, he'd be a little bit less stingy with the pocketbook on the fact that the cap isn't going to go up next year because the fact that revenues have halted and you can't go and just up the the cap and they certainly don't want to drop it. So they're just content with keeping it frozen at 81.5 and we're just going to have to do with what we have. But at the same time, it could kind of help the Blues um, with the money situation, even though it could also cripple him as well, depending on how fast Tarasenko comes back and what they do with him. Uh, We'll have to uh, wait and see uh, what happens with the whole Tarasenko front because that's $7.5 million off the books if he's on LTIR, which he seems to be. He will be on because he's not going to be ready for the start of the season because he's going to be out at minimum five months because that's the uh, next time that he's going to be re-evaluated but um yeah um be an interesting time for this free agency say the least but uh but yeah anyway we'll uh take a quick break real quick and we'll get into your stat check 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 check
Alrighty, so diving into the stat cast, ass, 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 ass. Um, first off, um, stat that should have said before the conference finals began, um, but there's a stat going around on Twitter for longest NHL conference finals droughts. So, uh, with the Islanders coming into the conference finals, uh, they were leading the NHL with the longest drought of uh, being in a conference final, which was 26 seasons consecutively. Uh, now the number one uh, team now is the Florida Panthers with 23, Blue Jackets with 19, um, which uh, kind of would require you to be in the uh, conference finals for, uh, at all in your um you know, existence for that, but you know, all right. Uh, Maple Leaf 17, Avalanche 17, the Wild 16, so I guess they've been there before. That's interesting. Uh, Flames 15th, uh, Oilers 14 seasons, Sabres 13 seasons, Wings 11 seasons, Flyers 10 seasons. Uh, so, uh, and the Flyers is just so close, too. So close, but you know, it is what it is. Uh, also, Con Smythe, watch, watch, watch. Um, graphic from the NHL. You get, I guess you could scratch off Shea Theodore and Robin Leonard from that list as they are no longer competing for that. Uh, Braden Point's on that list. Andre Veselevsky's on that list. Matthew Barzell on that list. Josh Bailey on the list. Uh, Joe Pavelski on the list. And Mira Heiskanen on the list. Uh, also, might as well throw uh, Anton Hudoman. In that list as well as he's been absolutely lights out for Dallas Stars uh, in these playoffs after uh, Ben Bishop got injured. Uh, yeah, another stat that I wanted to mention didn't get to because uh, it's kind of sitting on this uh, doing this episode. Uh, but back in Game Three, uh, Alex Radulov, uh, second fastest overtime game winner, and. Uh, Dallas Stars history uh, with 31 seconds it took to score his uh, playoff OT period goal um, second of all time in Stars history because number one goes to Steve Payne uh, back when they were the North Stars uh, 22 seconds in uh, a quarterfinal game one uh, versus the Sabres back in 1981 so uh close but hey you know a win's a win and speaking of winning game five happened this morning i uh thought about waking up i legitimately did wake up that day uh this morning to uh watch the game but something told me hey you're not gonna want to sit through this <laughs> as a as a as a golden knights fan and uh and just explaining to you how I'm going to go from cheering the Golden Knights to cheering the Stars for the, the Cup Final here. Um, came in to this. I'm like, yeah, I want the Golden Knights to win. Try to come back. Um, but, you know, didn't happen. So, um, let's break this game down for you. Uh, first period, uh, Chandler Stevenson putting the Golden Knights on the board at 8-14 in the first with a backhandy. Uh, second period, no goals. Third, 
period. Riley Smith, uh, 15 seconds in to make it two nothing Vegas, and uh, that's when I uh, around maybe like uh, seven minutes into the third period is when I uh, started watching it uh, after I woke up, and uh, I was like, "All right, we're doing good, doing good," and then uh, Jamie Ben scores. Uh, at 9.54, no, I, I started watching after the Jamie Bengal, um, and, uh, 2-1 Vegas still, I'm like, alright, let's not piss this lead away, and, uh, Yol, uh, Kibi Ranta, has <laughs> been on fire these playoffs, uh, for the Stars on a power play goal, uh, ties it up 2-2, and I'm like, god damn it, <laughs> it's happening again, it's happening again. Um, and it goes to OT. I'm like, all right, got this, got this in the back. No big deal. Um, but, and then the statistic that, uh, NBCSN put up on the, uh, little, uh, scoreboard that the Dallas Stars are undefeated now, 4-0, but before the end of this game, they were 3-0 in overtime. The, um, Golden Knights were only 2-1. So the odds were certainly in the Stars' favor, and uh, Dennis Kiryanov at 3:36 overtime slap shot through the heart of the millions and the millions of Vegas fans around the world, um, including my own. But hey, you know, it's okay. All right, it's okay. I got my cup last year. All right, I got my cup. My St. Louis Blues' cup. Uh, would, would I have liked to see Vegas win? Sure. But, you know, this is not the time. Um, on the power play goal, uh, which is also a shame uh, for Zach Whitecloud because uh, he got the uh, – he gave the Dallas Stars that power play uh, after the uh, just, you know, shit luck, you know, getting uh, – a delay of game at like the worst time and then you seeing his uh his emotion after after that uh happened while he's still in the box and just devastated um can only imagine you know the feeling of that uh just soul crushing thing happened to you but uh but yeah and that's also why i don't get hung up on the statistics like when it comes to shots on goal uh, Vegas had 36, Dallas had 26, and there's m- multiple times in this series where Vegas was out shooting Dallas, but Dallas still went on top. And you know, and I also I init- the initial uh, title of this episode was going to be uh, the um, hockey superstition is real redux um, because I was going to do it after Game Three because Vegas was in the driver's seat and then. Uh, Nate Schmidt had a turnover and gave it to pa- uh, pa- Pavelski and then Pavelski just potted it home. Easy, easy goes it. And that momentum from there Reagan spun out to a Dallas Stars win, which is ended up with that uh, Radulov 31 second uh, into overtime goal there. Um, this shit luck for Vegas. Um, you know, but hey, there's something to build on. And um, Say and it'll be quite interesting to see how Vegas comes out of this because of the whole uh, Mark Andre Fleury, Robin Leonard business. Um, 
which I'll, I'll go briefly over that and uh, how I feel that might go down. Um, but um, it all comes down to the fact that should they have played Flurry more? Yes. Yes, they should have. Should this have been a game where they should, especially since they know that the momentum was really not in Vegas' favor? Should they have played Flurry? Yes. They definitely should have played Flurry a lot more than they did. And it's a shame that they were sitting him so much. I don't know. I, I don't know what in the hell is DeBoer's problem with Flurry. But I do not foresee. I will be happy if he stays. But I will be. Color me surprised. If Flurry stays. As a Golden Knight. I don't know if. Um, he gets moved to, to Pittsburgh to do a farewell tour with them and then just retires a pen or if he goes to another team or they keep him around you know, or they keep him around I I don't know what they're going to do with him all I know is it looks like maybe Robin Leonard's the guy to stay um, but we'll have to just wait and see on that um, or maybe Robin Leonard goes and chases another short term deal I don't know um but yeah which we'll we'll divulge into that a little bit more once we get into free agency and then start seeing trades happen and um seeing what uh teams are really prioritizing um but yeah we're going to switch gears to Dallas Stars um as they are going to the Stanley Cup final for the first time since 2000 not 1999 which I've seen a lot of people been like, oh yeah, Dallas Stars haven't been to the Stanley Cup Final since 1999. No, they haven't won the Cup since 1999. They won. In, they went in 2000 and lost to the Devils, but they went to the Stanley Cup Final in 2000. Remember that. Good information. So now that bodes the question: Who are they going to face? Uh, I don't know. That is a good question. Um, the Lightning very well could pot, you know, at home and end their series in five as well. Uh, tomorrow, well, tonight, for everyone that listens to this on the United States side of the uh, international dateline, or if you're on my side of the dateline, it'd be on Wednesday. The 16th at like some really awful time in the morning um, to watch Lightning and uh, Islanders. Uh, Lightning's last cup final appearance was 2015 uh, versus the Chicago Blackhawks losing in six to the Blackhawks there. Uh, has not won the cup since 2004 versus the Calgary Flames. The last cup awarded before the great lockout of 2005 um interesting times there uh or the new york islanders uh last cup final appearance was 1984 uh, back I, I repeat again 1984 
Cups win the last time the Islanders were in the Cup Final. Uh, and they lost to the Oilers in five after coming off of four consecutive Cup wins back in uh, back when it was the whole Fort Never Lose uh, time back at Nassau. Um, now, who I see, I mean, I honestly see the Lightning take uh, taking that series. I don't know if they're going to uh, take it to, uh, tonight for everyone or they're going to take it in six, but um, I don't foresee it going seven, to say that least. Um, but uh, I'm going to probably say Lightning for that. And uh, I am going to be on the, on the Stars train because in my whole little uh, matrix of who I cheer for and who I don't, uh, yeah, I know Patty Maroon's on the uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning and all that. I, I know that. Uh, love Patty Maroon, you know, hometown hero baby. But um, I'm going to be on the Dallas Stars train um, for this one. But hey, I've also come to conclusion, into the conclusion that me rooting for the Dallas Stars, for all you guys in Dallas, which there's a whole bunch of you, that listen to this um yeah i'm cheering on your team however that may not be a good thing because i've come to a statistic that i've been crunching the numbers on and it turns out when i'm in the states cheering for who i want to cheer not a good chunk of the time at least 60 percent of the time works every time i get it right and that person that i want to win wins Especially lately in like the past five or six cup finals, everyone I've wanted to win has won the cup final. I don't call in how many games, but I just say, hey, I want the Penguins to win. Guess what? They won. I want the Blues to win. Guess what? They won. I want other than other than 2018 when I wanted Vegas to win and then the Capitals won. That was like the one hiccup in like the last couple of years. Um... At least ever since I've really started like watching hockey through like a microscope, um, or at least really paying attention to it, um, you know, uh, that seems to be a pretty good track record. Now, when it comes to me doing the exact same thing, while you know, it's no surprise, you know, on deployment, I, everyone I want to win loses. And also coincidentally, when the Blues were doing their, like, back when they were, like, 31st in the league shit, like, back in 20, last season, I was deployed during that time. And guess what happened? When I came home, their turnaround happened. So if, you know, anyone that has their whole, you know, lucky cups or lucky uh, jerseys and stuff, and they be like, oh, it didn't work. Well, you know, maybe it's not the fact that it didn't work. Maybe it's just a fact that I'm just such a big old jinx over here watching these games or just cheering on teams that your guys are, uh, you know, cheering on, you know, and I apologize. I, I honestly wish it wasn't that way, but it seems to be that way because I wanted the Blues to win so many times, would wake up so early in the morning to watch all these games, lose every single damn one of them, every single one of them. Freaking Vegas. Only the one, maybe two games that I've seen. Oh, actually, no. Technically, no. I have a record. It's actually four. 
games that I've seen. I've watched seven games wearing a jersey. Didn't count this game because I didn't wear it the entire time, so it didn't count toward my records. But wore it seven times, won four, lost three. Um, so not a good record to have. While being, you know, in the States or whatever, it's typically, you know, better than that. But, um... <laughs> but, yeah, um, I mean, if the Dallas Stars win uh, the Stanley Cup, well, congratulations. That jinx is kind of a bunch of baloney. But um, until that happens, I uh, have every reason to believe that I'm that big of a jinx. But uh, or at least when it comes to uh, hockey, at least. Um, so far, uh, for football, on the other hand, I'm 1-0 for the Chiefs. So um, that's uh, that's good. But, um but yeah, that that's it for this episode. Um, we'll have more uh, as the uh, Stanley Cup final picture really comes more concrete, and uh, yeah, and then we'll revisit that as well as revisiting uh, potential moves for the free agency uh, off season time. So anyway, um, also uh, you will not be finding the Bleed Hockey Podcast on. YouTube if you are trying to uh, find that on YouTube as it's uh, been pulled uh, as I'm currently going through a uh, restructuring of the whole Easy Hockey Reviews Bleed Hockey Podcast ordeal and uh, really trying to uh, distinguish what goes where and uh, I am going to at least for the very um, long time being uh, the future uh, keeping the Bleed Hockey Podcast only on the audio podcasting form for now. And uh, once I get back into the States, we'll start making videos in the old, back in the old, shorter episode format on the Easy Hockey Reviews YouTube channel, um, which is still there. If you guys, for whatever reason, want to watch some videos, um, by all means, it's there. But um, Bleed Hockey Podcast is pulled from there. Um, until we can, until I can get, uh, more of a structure as to what I want out of this, uh, whole thing. But anyway, uh, don't forget to rate and subscribe on the, uh, podcasting front on all the nine different services that we are a part of. Um, so, uh, don't forget to, uh, rate and subscribe and I'll catch you all in the next one. Thank you very much.